Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. In this episode, we're going to be covering multiple endocrineoplasia type 2, otherwise known as MEN2. We have already covered MEN1 in another episode, so feel free to check that out. We will cover the common signs and symptoms, how it is diagnosed, and what treatment options are available for MEN2. condition associated with tumours of the endocrine glands. It is characterised by the 100% prevalence of medullary thyroid carcinoma. The other primary tumours involved are parathyroid tumours and pheochromocytoma. MEN2 can be further split into MEN2A and MEN2B, with 2A being the most common form. It affects around 1 in 30,000 people and most people with MEN2B do not have a family history of the condition. MEN2A affects 95% of those with the condition and there are four variants. There is a classical MEN2A variant which is characterised with medullary thyroid cancer, pheochromocytoma and parathyroid adenoma or hyperplasia. The second variant involves the three primary tumour types plus cutaneous lichen amyloidosis leading to the accumulation of abnormal protein amyloids in the dermal papillae of the skin which presents as a scaly itchy skin rash. The third variant involves the three primary tumour types along with Hirschsprung disease, which is a congenital birth defect characterised by the absence of ganglions in the bowel segment. This causes the loss of peristalsis in the affected section of bowel, leading to stool backup. Finally, the fourth variant of MEN2A involves familial medullary thyroid cancer. MEN2B affects 5% of those with the condition and involves medullary thyroid cancer, pheochromocytoma, mucosal neuromas, digestive problems caused by neuropathy in the GI tract, muscle joint spinal problems, and typical facial features of swollen lips and thick eyelids. The gene associated with MEN2 is called RET or RET and is found in chromosome 10. The RET gene is responsible for the production of a protein involved in signaling within the cells. It appears to be necessary for the normal development of several kinds of nerve cells. The RET gene also is needed for normal kidney development and the production of sperm. A mutation in this gene makes a person more susceptible to developing medullary thyroid cancer and the other tumours associated with MEN2. The condition follows an autosomal dominant inheritance pattern, and a child who has a parent with a RET mutation has a 50% chance of inheriting the same mutation. If a child inherits the mutated RET gene from an affected parent, they have an almost 100% chance of developing medullary thyroid cancer. The onset progression and specific symptoms of each case of MEN2 is highly variable, but the common ground is that nearly all individuals with MEN2 will develop medullary thyroid carcinoma, usually early in life. We will now go over the most common endocrine tumours found in MEN2A and MEN2B and the symptoms associated with each. Let's first focus on MEN2A. The first clinical manifestation in most cases is medullary medullary thyroid cancer, which is a cancer of the parafollicular C-cells within the thyroid medulla. There are usually no symptoms in early disease and in most cases it is diagnosed by the patient noticing a mass in their neck or throat. 
The tumor may compress on the vocal cords leading to voice hoarseness and sometimes there may be difficulty breathing if it compresses on the trachea. Moving on from medullary thyroid cancer, approximately 50% of individuals with MEN2A will develop a pheochromocytoma. This is a benign tumour of the chromaffin cells within the adrenal medulla and in most cases it is bilateral. The symptoms of pheochromocytoma often present with a triad of palpitations, headache and episodic sweating. These patients also usually have hypertension which can be paroxysmal with normotensive intervals. Other symptoms include tachycardia, panic attacks, tremor and vomiting and may present as hypertensive crisis. Pheochromocytoma should always be considered in those with refractory, with refractory hypertension despite treatment and in those with hypertension and caffeolase spots. Approximately 20-30% of those with MEN2A will have primary hyperparathyroidism from, par- from parathyroid hyperplasia. It is usually mild or asymptomatic, but the symptoms of hypercalcemia can be remembered by the mnemonic painful bones, renal stones, abdominal groans and psychic moans. This mnemonic refers to the increased risk of bone pain and fractures, renal calculi, abdominal pain and memory problems. Let's now focus on MEN2B. It is considered a clinically more aggressive variant of MEN2. Medullary thyroid cancer usually occurs earlier on in MEN2B than in 2A and is usually more aggressive. Pheochromocytomas also present present in around 50% of MEN2B cases and the presentation is the same as individuals with MEN2A. Primary hyperparathyroidism is absent in MEN2B, but there are usually some additional symptoms. MEN2B is associated with the development of multiple benign tumours called neuromas in infancy or early childhood. They usually affect the mucous membranes lining the tongue, lips, palate, eyelids and more. The presence of these multiple neuromas can cause the affected areas to appear swollen, such as the lips. Infants and children with MEN2B may have distinctive facial features, including eyelids which are flared forward or antiverted, broad-based nose, a wide expression and coarse elongated facial appearance. In addition to this, the condition is often associated with ganglioneuromatosis, which are benign neural growth growths occurring in the GI tract. These can cause distension of the abdomen, diarrhea, constipation and megacolon. Affected infants often fail to gain weight and thrive. Further symptoms of MEN2B include pectus excavatum, lax joints, abnormal spinal curvature, muscle weakness, and affected individuals tend to be unusually tall and slim. MEN2A should be suspected when there are at least two out of three of the common tumours, so medullary thyroid carcinoma, pheochromocytoma and parathyroid adenoma. MEN2B should be suspected in children with mucosal neuromas, typical facial features and medullary thyroid cancer. A clinical diagnosis of MEN2 is given following a specific evaluation for MEN2-associated tumours, detailed patient and family history and identification of specific features. It is important that genetic testing is performed since this is an inherited condition. Retigene testing is recommended for people with a family history or anyone diagnosed with medullary thyroid cancer. Blood tests can be performed to show elevated levels of certain hormones such as parathyroid hormone and catecholamines. A variety of imaging techniques are also performed such as MRI, CT and X-rays to identify the presence and location of tumours. 
Most tumours are diagnosed via biopsy, for example, for, med- for medullary thyroid cancer, a fine needle aspiration biopsy is required to be certain of the diagnosis. Mentor is confirmed after genetic diagnosis for the missense mutation of the Rett gene. On top of this, screening is important in Mentu to identify tumours early and monitor hormone levels. Annual blood tests are performed to monitor hormone levels and these begin in childhood for most individuals. This includes thyroid hormone, parathyroid hormone and catecholamines. MRI or CT scans are performed every few years to identify the presence of pheochromocytoma in the abdomen as well as any other tumours. requires a multidisciplinary team and is usually directed towards specific symptoms. A lot of the treatment is surgical and involves removing benign tumours before they become malignant. The standard therapy is a prophylactic total thyroidectomy even in the absence of C-cell hyperplasia. Individuals who have thyroidectomy will require long li- lifelong replacement of thyroid hormone, usually through levothyroxine. Thyroidectomy can potentially cause damage to the parathyroid glands and in this case, calcium and vitamin D supplementation is required, although it is avoided as much as possible. The hyperparathyroidism associated with MEN2A is usually mild and can be controlled medically with calcium emetics. The other option would be a parathyroidectomy followed by reimplantation of healthy parathyroid tissue into the arm. In individuals with pheochromocytoma, the mainstay of treatment is bilateral adrenalectomy. Before this, some individuals may need alpha-adrenergic blockers or beta blockers to control hypertension. In cases where medullary thyroid cancer or pheochromocytoma has become malignant, additional chemotherapy and radiotherapy can be used. It's also important to add that before any surgery in those with MEN2, screening for the presence of an active pheochromocytoma is crucial due to the due to the risk of anesthesia-induced hypertensive crisis. In this episode, we have covered multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2. There are two main types, MEN2A and MEN2B. The tumour most associated with MEN2 is medullary thyroid cancer. The symptoms and signs depend on the tumours present. For example, in the presence of a pheochromocytoma, there is a triad of paroxysmal hypertension, sweating and palpitations. Diagnosis is a combination of genetic testing, abnormal plasma hormone levels and imaging. And finally, treatment tends to be symptomatic and targets the removal of any tumours found. After removal of endocrine glands, it is important that hormones are supplemented. For example, following the removal of the thyroid gland, lifelong thyroid hormone replacement is required. Screening is a vital aspect since it can quickly identify the presence of any tumours or complications. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode and thank you for listening in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening in. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues. And of course, I always welcome any feedback. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off.